fantasy football rankings. Chiefs are on by, Chargers are on by. There's been a lot of changes on depth charts due to injuries over the last few weeks, especially back in week seven. So that's when we turn to Hayden Winks and his rankings of running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. You can find the full lists down below in the description. I'm about to pull up all the tiers for visuals for all of you. We won't hit on every single name if you're listening to us on the podcast feed or on YouTube. So go and click a damn link for once. (laughs) All right. As you know, we go position by position here. Uh, Let's kick it off at the running back position. And let's go over to Josh Jacobs as the running back one. Do you want to make a comment here? Because what an ascension. If people can't tell. The white bordered players were probably the top 24 to start the season. And then players with a clear background uh, were outside of that. So the ascension of Josh Jacobs from that realm all the way up to number one status might truly be the biggest storyline in fantasy football this season. Yeah, I just posted onto Twitter the top like 25 overall players in like fantasy points over replacement for best ball scoring. And Josh Jacobs is like basically the only player inside the top 18, top 25 that was not drafted inside the top four rounds. Like he is clearly the MVP of fantasy for this year. And with Austin Eckler out for this week because of bye, Josh Jacobs right now, the usage, the production, the film, just the offense in general, everything is. Uh, has been basically perfect for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and they get the New Orleans Saints this weekend. And just looking at the Pick'em Lobby here, Josh Jacobs higher lowers at 108 total yards, 83 and a half rushing yards with 19 and a half rushing attempts. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I know we have a ton of other names, but it is pretty staggering where a Josh McDaniels offense that even rotated three backs in previous years is going with solely one running back this year. And that running back in Josh Jacobs owns 100% mm-hmm. of the team's carries inside the 10 yard line. And that equals touchdowns. I will say if deep last bench spot, I have been picking up some Zamir white just in case. Yes. Okay. Jonathan Taylor will be later on. So then we go to Saquon Barkley as running back two, and then Tony Pollard as running back three. Uh, There's some news here. Do you want to outline it with Ezekiel Elliott dealing with, I think, a hyperextended knee? Yeah, so he hasn't practiced this week, so it doesn't seem like he's going to be playing. Just like this week, if you're looking at it, the Cowboys are back to being projecting very well. They always are running with pace. Now they're projected to score a bunch. Uh, I'm not sure if I could name the RB3 and Dallas. So it's going to be Tony Pollard season. We've seen him in short spurts be electric in fantasy land. This is the week to pay those dividends. Derek Henry running back four, Kenneth Walker all the way at running back five, which hopefully you drafted him. If you were with this channel all summer long, they're facing the New York giants in the four o'clock window this weekend. That total is at 44 and a half. Uh, curious to see once we're going to talk about wide receiver rankings not going to say they're going to become more run heavy here, but they are a team that loves to score touchdowns outside of the red zone. Some of that is to Tyra Lock and DK Metcalf. And some of that is just the big play upside mm-hmm. that Kenneth Walker brings to the table. Um, beyond there, just to round out this top 10, it's Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. And then running back 10, it's Christian McCaffrey. Talk me through this because we saw about a dozen touches for him in his debut for the San Francisco 49ers last week. What are you expecting here in his second time up with the 49ers? So this is assuming that Debo Samuel is in and he can miss. He's missing practice with a hamstring injury. If he is, in fact, ruled out, I would move Christian McCaffrey up. I think that he's going to be 
close to a full-time workload this week. Last week, he was obviously TDP was mixing in. Jeff Wilson was mixing in. Um, but the team total right now for the 49ers isn't as high as what I initially thought. So he's an RB1. This is really this is basically a DFS and like player props thing. Like, of course, you're starting him if you have him. Okay. Tier two starts off with Raheem Mostert. Um, not many people would have expected to see Raheem Mostert's name here as the running back 11. They are facing the Detroit Lions on the road. The Miami Dolphins are with, I think, the biggest total of the weekend at 51 and a half, which is telling to me when you consider that the Lions are no longer scoring points offensively, yet their defense continues to give up a huge number of points each and every week. Yeah, it's the worst defense in the league, and that's leading the Dolphins to have the second highest projected team total of the week. So um, all the efficiency metrics are off the charts for Raheem Mostert. Chase Edmonds has been one of the least efficient players in the league, has been dropping some passes, and we know the defense for the Lions has been so bad that I think this could be a big Raheem Mostert week. He's been getting some of the goal line chances and stuff too, so I'm curious what the pick and projection eventually will be. Um, I think that some of the other totals should be pretty high. This might be the one early on when I look at the Pick'em lobby and say, okay, Hayden's rankings are much different than the Pick'em projections of 67 and a half rushing yards as the higher or lower by the shadowy risk team. I mean, he's already hit the higher on that against the Pittsburgh Steelers, hit the higher on that against the New York Jets. Um, I thought Tua was a bit inaccurate last week, but Raheem Mostert is, you know, at least 14 carries and, you know, 15 touches in each of the last three games. He's by far and away their best runner. So Yeah, of course. Okay, continuing on, Jonathan Taylor. Any expectation or change you think in the recent Jonathan Taylor went on the field production with Sam Ellinger at quarterback? Because a rushing or mobile threat at quarterback, we have seen be you know positive indicators for rushing success as well for the running back. For efficiency-wise, I would agree with you. I'm worried about the overall scoring environment for the Colts. Like, for example, the betting markets after the Colts game ended last week when we didn't know about the injury, we didn't know about the benching. They thought that they were going to be projected to score about 24 points. Their current team total is now at 21 and a quarter, so that's a drop about three points. So at least people betting on this game think the Colts are going to be worse offensively. Now, I think a lot of that will get to like Michael Pittman. That's where the drastic ranking change is going to be because uh, Sam Ellinger is going to run the ball. We'll see some zone read stuff. I think they'll open up some lanes for Jonathan Taylor. Um, definitely going to be monitoring Jonathan Taylor's um, injury status. Uh, that's why he didn't play probably as much last week. But right now, I, I just don't think this team's going to be moving the ball uh, or running as many plays as they once were. Damian Pierce is running back 13. Miles Sanders is running back 14. That brings us to 15. It's Travis Etienne. I think what we saw last week for Travis Etienne is what we're going to see this week. You know, about 87% of the touches. So it's good that we don't have to stress our brains and trying to think of how the workload is going to change. Is that fair for you? Is that why you have him ranked here in top, you know, 15 running backs? Yeah, I mean, he was playing in all game scripts. Didn't matter. Blowouts, lead, the whole thing for the Jaguars. Very boom-bust player. There'll be some really frustrating weeks. There'll be some weeks where he rips off a 40-yard touchdown. He does play the Colt or the, the Broncos this week, one of the best defenses in the entire league. Uh, I'm curious to see how Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to handle that. A lot of simulated pressures, a lot of a lot of cover two stuff, so they will invite the run a little bit here. I think that this pick'em projection higher level around 14 points is about fair. That's gets him like on the RB one, two border. Do you want to say a few things about this backfield? One, Doug Peterson says, we're not going to do anything different with Travis Etienne. He already hasn't surpassed 16 touches um, as a player so far during his NFL season. Now, 
could I see him getting to 18 for sure, mm-hmm. but like 22 or 24, I would not expect that. The other part, uh, a little birdie told me that uh, Snoop Connor, not in the plans for Doug Peterson. So do not be going out there and thinking that Snoop Connor's a nice end of roster stash. Just pivot all those thoughts all the way over to J. My- Michael Hasty. That that's the player if you need an insurance or the backup running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars um, here. And I would expect Hasty, you know, to go from one touch per game, maybe up to three or four or five touches per game. But he's seen some big plays as well. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, just thought I'd share that with the people. They tune in, they support us. I'm going to support them as well. Okay. After Travis Etienne, it's DeAndre Swift, who's uh, coming back from injury and coming back onto a team that scored six points in their last two games combined. He was a top five running back in points per game when healthy. Uh, Here as running back 16, it's a pretty nice hedge you're making here, Hayden. Yeah, I'll move him up if I get positive reports uh, on his injury status. Um, He was balling out early in the season. It was a little unsustainable. It's like the way he was getting that production. Uh, Jamal Williams has been a a goal line threat to him. So it's probably too low if I was going to move him up or move him in any direction and be up. I think I could probably put him around Raheem Mostert at like RB1 too. Rest of this tier through 20, it's Aaron Jones, Michael Carter, Leonard Fournette, and Ramondre Stevenson. Anything you want to say about Michael Carter? We covered him a lot in stats versus film. Yeah, uh, just as a reminder, the the Jets running back usage, they're fifth. And then last week after Brees Hall, it was all Michael Carter. James Robinson's, they say he's healthy. I watched the tape. We watched the tape on with you guys. I don't really buy it. I think that this first week we saw what Christian McCaffrey is pretty limited here. I think this will be the Michael Carter show. I think this could be like 70, 30 split. I think long-term what I wrote here is uh, I'm envisioning 55% of the snaps or so for Michael Carter, uh, James Robinson, 35, and then about 10% for Ty Johnson. That's like long-term projections. I think this year or this week in particular, uh, pretty bullish to Michael Carter. I've really enjoyed the rushing attack as we outline every single week in stats versus film for the New York Jets. It's going to be a little bit more difficult without Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, I would still expect Michael Carter to see the majority of those snaps. I think we actually could see Ty Johnson and James Robinson kind of split a similar workload this mm-hmm. week. But the big difference is while Michael Carter is awesome between the tackles, definitely was during his rookie season, he doesn't have the same type of Jets and juice in the open field or the alleys that they create for Brees Hall to reel off these 67 yard touchdowns, you know? Yep. And if you go back and listen to Joe Douglas after he drafted Brees Hall, he said, it's all because we wanted, you know, five play drives instead of 15 play drives, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you're going to, have to go back to some of those nine, 10, 11, 12 play scoring drives of Michael Carter is your running back, but hopefully the volume is there and hopefully they can still block him up because, uh, Michael Forrest play calling has been a lot of fun. Okay, Can I ask ahead. you a question about R- yeah. Ramondre Stevenson? I'm as RB20. People were chirping me. That's too low. Obviously, last week, he had a huge share of the touches, got a goal line carry, was working down uh, in negative game script at the end. Do you think that's a one-week thing? I'm kind of hedging this where Ramondre is probably going to be the 1A, but getting back closer to a two-back committee. Mac Jones is starting. I think the offense will level out here. I think they want to run the ball. I think they'll go to Ramondre as the starter now but I don't think it's going to be 75-25%. I think it's probably going to get closer to 60-40, something like that. I'm, I'm with you. I I don't think that this is now Ramondre is by far and away the dude in this backfield because Damian Harris has too much goodwill in the bank. Now, mm-hmm. this past week on primetime, he did have a brutal catch down the field, and I think like he basically didn't play after that negative game script uh, because that's where Ramondre's been playing well 
in recent weeks. But if it's neutral or positive game script, I bet we see a rotation between the yep. two. And the Patriots are two and a half point favorites here on the road against the Jets. Okay. Yep. 21 through 30, just a couple of names I want to hit on here. Starting at this tier, it's Devin Singletary and James Conner. Um, I didn't want to bring up Daryl Henderson because mm-hmm. the Rams are coming out of a bye. They have not been able to unload Cam Akers. Kyron Williams is not going to be active in this week. They've already said this. So it's basically Daryl Henderson and that's it. Um, yep. Is that fair? Like mm-hmm. that can really be a positive signal for us, even if you aren't a huge fan of Daryl Henderson's individual talent. Yeah, Kyron and Akers are not going to play this week. It'll be Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson uh, is on the injury reports too early in the week to to clarify. I do think that Daryl Henderson, if he does have a good game, he would be a sell high because I do think that they don't like Daryl Henderson as much. They were playing Cam Akers over Daryl Henderson. We we now for sure know they don't like Cam Akers that much. So what does that say about Daryl Henderson? I think that Kyron Williams is somebody you should be picking up, not for this week, but for the long term. This week, if... Uh, we get if he gets in full practices, I might have to move him up a little bit. Yeah, and they're facing the 49ers defense, which started off the season impeccably well, uh, suffered some injuries, and then even last week faced the buzzsaw that is the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs offense. Okay, just for the rest of this tier to name some names, Najee Harris, David Montgomery. At the end of this tier, it's Khalil Herbert. Um, did want to bring your attention to, I think it's running back 26, and that is Gus Edwards. They're obviously playing on Thursday night. Um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, a run defense that has not been as good this season. Yeah. Um, but look, Gus Edwards isn't going to reel off a big play, but for a team that with or without Mark Andrews loves to rush the football, uh, Gus Edwards by far and away, I think looks like the best back on that roster. Yeah, I think he will be the starter. I think they'll get Kenyon Drake some work. Um, I was kind of frustrated that Gus Edwards didn't finish the game last week, but I think that's probably just some snap count limitations. Uh, Gus Edwards was on the injury report a little bit uh, going into this game, so I think there's a very low floor here, Um, but I have Gus Edwards ranked clearly ahead of the rest of them. I I do want to note the Ravens team total has dropped over the last 24 hours by like a point and a half, which is pretty noticeable. Um, I wonder if that's negative news on Mark Andrews, who did not Mm. play uh, or did not practice at all this week. Rashad Bateman got into full practice. Mark Andrews listed as questionable a game time decision did not practice this week. Maybe that explains it. Gus Edwards, higher or lower projection in the underdog fantasy pick and lobbies at 46 and a half rushing yards. So if you want some sweat tonight, maybe go and look at that one. Okay. The rest of the running backs are a tough looking group here. Bad. Um, my only point, it's kind of looks like Chuba Hubbard, who's in like the 31 through 40 range, is not going to play. So mm-hmm. that means like the full workload is basically going to go to Deontay Foreman, who reared off a big play last week. And I thought between these two was already going to get the high value touches. You also have to weigh that, Hayden, with what really is the view of this Panthers offense over the last two weeks with PJ Walker. It's been two totally different outcomes. And they also get an awesome matchup this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons, despite being four point underdogs here on the road. Like, would you rank if Chuba Hubbard's out, would you rank him ahead of Gus Edwards ahead of David Montgomery? Like, I, I don't think I can move him up too much higher than where I have him, uh, just because like, I would rather play like Devin Singletary on a be- better team with probably a similar workload. I think um, the top of this tier would make sense. I think I would play him above Jamal Williams and above Tyler Algier because mm-hmm. Jamal Williams uh, is touchdown dependent. Right now, let's be honest, especially with DeAndre Swift coming back and they're not scoring as many touchdowns as they previously were. And then uh, Tyler Algier, that backfield, who cares? Yeah, (laughs) doesn't matter. Um, Okay, Rashad White's also in here. I'm highly intrigued by the comments coming out of that team. 
if Rashad White is the player that they play a bit more often, but we're going to find that out tonight. He's like available in like 80% of Yahoo leagues, Rashad White. Like fix that right now. Fix that right now. He's your bench stash ahead of, to me, Jamison Williams, Odell oh, Beckham, God, yeah. okay. any of that stuff. That 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 is the player you should try to go out and get. Wide receiver time. We don't really need to talk about these top groupings, but it's Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase by far and away as the top five wide receivers. After that, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb. And at the end, already, uh, it's DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about in Stats versus Film, uh, just his totals from that individual game, I believe, put him as the wide receiver seven in points per game. And I think in your fantasy usage model, he was the wide receiver one overall in usage last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty bullish on DeAndre Hopkins. I did move CD lamb outside of the top 10 oh. after reshuffling this, um, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's gone up to the wide receiver 10. I have Chris Olave up as the wide receiver 11. So some, some last minute updates with all this stuff. That's why we don't do the show very early in the week. It's too hard, but Chris Olave, I did want to mention just because it sounds like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are not going to be playing. They have not practiced this week. Andy Dalton's a starter. Chris Olave has been a complete baller. I've, taking my L on wondering if Chris Olave is going to be a big time target earner clearly is. He's a total alpha, uh, very good player. We'll do it live. It's me oh. in the rankings. Okay. Tyra Lockett there at wide receiver 12. I think, yep. um, talk to me about his projection without DK Metcalf, even though they haven't said DK Metcalf is out and we'll pair this with Marquise Goodwin at wide receiver 35. Yeah. So, Tyler Lockett has been a top 15-ish fantasy wide receiver. Uh, like over the last month of the season, DK Metcalf's been the wide receiver 13 on wide receiver 15 usage. The Seahawks team total didn't drop all that much with Metcalf out. I think Tyler Lockett's a, a stone-cold baller, so this is a, a good week just to be optimistic on him. And you allowed me to rank Marquise Goodwin. I placed him as wide receiver 36. I understand that he's dealt with a ton of injuries every single place that he's been to. Um, I also believe what he showed last week is that there's still legit speed and legit ups for a 31 year old wide receiver. And we're just talking about this week and the next week. And hopefully that's the only window that we're seeing him. Pete Carroll, who does lie straight to our faces says that yeah. he is inheriting the DK Metcalf, you know, section of this offense. That's one of the outside wide receivers. DK Metcalf also owns the largest percentage of his team's targets inside of the 20 yard line. And we already saw two major high value targets go in the direction of Marquise Goodwin and one pre-snap that Gino said, Hey man, don't run the post, run the vertical route to the back pylon. I'm going to hit you with it. So there's obviously trust with Gino and Marquise. And this is one of those veterans I think can slide in there and have immediate production this weekend for the Seahawks. I'm very excited for the recap show to, to investigate how this went. <laughs> um, what are the names we want to talk about? I mean, we talked about, we talked about the Panthers with uh, DJ Moore as wide receiver 19. You have there with Michael Pittman as wide receiver 21. Um, anything else you want to discuss here? Yeah. So DJ Moore, go back to the last episode. I talked about his on off splits without with and without Christian McCaffrey over the last two seasons. In short, he gets the more volume. Uh, he's way up in the fantasy usage model. P.J. Walker played well. Go watch the tape from last week. More importantly, Falcons defense dead last against fantasy wide receivers. A.J. Terrell and some other corners have been on the injury report. I'm assuming that some or all of them are not going to play. This is as friendly of a matchup as you can possibly dream up for D.J. Moore, who's good at the game. I think P.J. Walker is better than, than Baker Mayfield, honestly. 
and there's nobody else to throw the ball to. A few more names that catch my attention here. Uh, Wandale Robinson as wide receiver 40. I think we did a pretty good job putting that into perspective in stats versus film, where it's a lot of fun to look at Wandale in relation to the other wide receivers and know that he's going to get schemed up targets and maybe even touches. And he has some electricity to his game, but at the end of the day, he's also a slot only wide receiver um, who maybe doesn't have a massive ceiling uh, unless he is like, you know, scheme those receptions near the goal line and scores a touchdown there. Like he's not, among these other rookie wide receivers going to launch into the dimension of the Chris yeah. Olave's George Pickens of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. I view him like similar to like Jacoby Myers, you know, like yeah. offense is limited. He's somewhat limited. Yes. He is in the fantasy mix. I might move him up a couple spots here. Just looking at this, but I, I think most fantasy analysts are higher on Wandale than I am. This, these are half PPR rankings, full PPR, move him up a little bit more. What about the Jets duo at wide receiver? Because they sit here as wide receiver yeah. 43 and wide receiver 44 and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. The only reason I ask is because without Brees Hall, without Elijah Vera Tucker facing the New England Patriots as underdogs at home and also next week against the Buffalo Bills, um, they're going to have to throw the football now. Mm -hmm. And they haven't had to do that over the last three and a half games. Yeah, I'm waiting for Corey Davis news. Uh, he's going to be on the injury report this week. Um, same thing with Elijah Moore. I want to make sure he's a full-time player. I think Braxton Barrios will get involved a little bit. There's been a little bit of a rotation. They're still figuring out formations and all that stuff. So no no floor with, any, with either of them. I might move him up a couple spots. Um, I did want to go back to just one name with um, Michael Pittman, just in general. Yep. Wide receiver 21. Uh, I have been ranking him as a top 15 play. I have moved him down this week just because I think Sam Ellinger is going to run more. They're going to probably play slower. We talked about the team total being down. Um, I'm not sure if he's a, a every week wide receiver two anymore, sadly. And your rankings also close with uh, Allen Robinson as wide receiver 60. I think part of that is an indication on Allen Robinson, but also Van Jefferson coming back. Yes. Can't play Allen Robinson. There, there's a chance that it's like, Alan Robinson plays 70% of the snaps again. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that covers it for, for wide receivers. Um, it's a fascinating group this weekend with some quarterback changes, obviously teams on by some wide receivers surging in, in certain games. Um, yeah. And then some passing offenses just struggle city. Drake London, wide receiver 34, too high, too low. Oh. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> I I think that's too high. <laughs> I think it's too high. See, but like this is like where it's like the DJ Moore stuff. It's like we we look at we zoom in too much, and then all of a sudden, like talent ends up winning out. You know, so I, I, I this doesn't make sense if you're looking at like recent weeks. Yeah, but like at some point, you have to just bet on talent winning out. The offense not playing at outlier levels. So I, I'm sticking with this. But okay, from my perspective, if the Falcons are winning the game against the Panthers when they're four point favorites. They're not really going to throw the football. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect them to be, you know, in 21 point deficits, but a 21 point deficit makes no difference for Arthur Smith in a 10 point deficit or a seven point deficit. Like they're going to play the same game no matter what. And if I was Arthur Smith, I'd be most nervous about Derek Brown, Brian Burns rushing the passer and then throwing on some of these defensive backs and cornerbacks who are actually right. pretty decent on the Panthers. Completely agree with all that stuff. I still think that talent ends up winning out over the course of the season. Okay. 
let's go through quarterbacks here. Uh, once again, I guess at the rankings that Hayden has just in terms of tiers, the full list is in the description down below. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray as the top five. Fair? Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray hasn't been playing up to the rest of them. Uh, maybe DeAndre Hopkins getting back. I can kind of see a little bit of shootout appeal with the Vikings and Cardinals. Like your offenses have been like very hit and miss. The defense has been very hit and miss. I can see this kind of being a game where things kind of go out of control. Uh, Joe Burrow, this is a very aggressive ranking. I feel very confident in this. If you're just looking at their neutral pass rates, this is a brand new offense. We've talked about it every single podcast. Brand new offense. They're passing the shit out of the ball. Gotta love it for, for Mr. Joe Burrow. Yeah, they, they've totally morphed into a shotgun-focused attack. And as we outlined in the clip that you can watch from Stats vs. Film, the condensed version of that that has the Pokemon ball, the Pokeball on it, um, that the layups to Tyler Boyd are just there. And then if you need big plays, Jamar Chase is there. And then T. Higgins can get rolling at any moment, too. What a fun offense to watch. Um, okay, to open the second tier, you have Tua Tungavailoa yep. going up against the Detroit Lions. Then Dak Prescott, who I would say had an up and down return, only had like 10 points heading into the fourth quarter of last week. Now he gets the Chicago Bears. And then Kirk Cousins in the aforementioned possible shootout, you said, against the Arizona Cardinals with a total of 49 in that game. So with Dak Prescott, his matchup gets a little bit easier because they just traded away their pat their best pass rusher. Um Dolphins with two uh, projected for the second most points of the week. You can't move them much further down than this uh, unless you're going to be betting against them uh, in the betting markets. They're playing against the, the worst defense in the league. Kirk Cousins just bringing up the, the matchup charge. See what I'm talking about. The Cardinals pass rush has not been getting home at all. The Vikings offensive line has improved. They're not dealing with a bottom five, bottom 10 units. They have been for like the last decade plus um and the cardinals defense just hasn't been as good they're 27th in passing epa allowed teams are choosing to pass against them so i think it's a, a week to be streaming kurt cousins uh tom brady just real quick the team total has increased the last like 24 hours i would be moving him up if i was updating this with the vikings and you can't go and get these players but Dalvin Cook, for as good as he is, hasn't received enough opportunities inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line. Mm -hmm. And Justin Jefferson's the exact same way. Like, Justin oh, yeah. Jefferson's not really getting targets inside the 10. So, while both players have done well so far this year, the ceilings for the rest of the season could get even higher. And I maybe agree. coming out of this bye week, that is something that they made notable in Kevin O'Connell's offense. I think we're underappreciating the Vikings' like chances this year. Look at us. We do a lot of shows together. Uh, and Derek Carr... Rounds out tier A um, with the Las Vegas Raiders facing the New Orleans Saints. That's one point favorites on the road with another big total of 49 and a half. Okay. Week eight rankings, just seeing the names after the likes of Marcus Mariota, right. Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields making up this tier. I mean, on some level, it's beautiful. What a game. <laughs> what a game. Uh, I mean, just quick notes with that. The Lions are projected for 24 points, which is definitely pretty strong for uh, Jared Goff. Andy Dalton, same thing, projected for 24 points. The, the Seahawks projected for 24 points. I mean, you either don't believe in, in, in the betting markets or you adjust the damn ranks in fantasy land. And then just Justin Fields, they're not projected for any points, but talk about all that quarterback designed run stuff. That's where you have to be getting... Uh, pretty promising results even against the Cowboys they're not projected to score very many points but if he rushes for 70 yards it's hard not to get home 
Right. So I, I do want to outline again, because we have new people checking the show out every single week, why someone who has a name in the realm of Daniel Jones and Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton, uh, two tiers above the likes of, you know, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, it's because the formula for success is like home favorites expected to score 24 points. Okay. And the closer you get to all of those factors, the closer you are to the formula that works at streaming quarterbacks. Um, take, for example, Aaron Rodgers. They are 11 and a half point underdogs on the road against the Buffalo Bills. No, thank you. No, thank Look, you. They're right next to Washington. <laughs> they're projected for 18 and a half points. Right. Um, take the take the Denver Broncos, for example. Okay. This is team, if I can find... There. Also projected okay. for 18 and a half points. Yes. Yeah. They are two and a half point road underdogs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. <laughs> Can't have that with your streaming quarterback. Yeah. You know? So while the name brand of these quarterbacks that are ranked higher might make you puke, it just is science. Trust it with a lot of these streamers, I will say. Yeah. And if you disagree with me, then go over and go find a total that, that you disagree with. Cause that's where the basis of my quarterback rankings are. Um, it's the first thing I kind of look at when I'm doing my, my weekly rankings. Can we, can we pivot quickly just to the tight ends? Cause this sure. is about as bad as it gets, man. Like Travis Kelsey's on by Gerald Everett was a possible streaming candidate for, he was actually a top 10 tight end, uh, and all my, and like the entire season for me, I mean, Mark Andrews legit can miss this game. And then we're talking about like George Kittle, Zacherts, Dallas Goddard, like these names, Darren Waller like, playing through an injury, like, Kyle Pitts is a top 10 tight end. It gets really people. tough. You know, I mean, what, what else? Are you, what am I supposed to do? What I'm intrigued are a couple names here, like the 10 through 13 section, like coming out of a buy Dawson Knox, maybe getting a bit more involved, especially right. again with Gilliam being more and more involved as a true fullback slash tight end and maybe getting Knox, those vertical targets that we love so much and opportunities inside the mm -hmm. 20. Uh, Greg Dulcich, for as much as we just said about the Denver Broncos, they incorporate three tight ends, and he played the most snaps in his NFL debut on there. So I could see some of those names, even Robert Tunyon. I know, I know he only had like three targets last week, the year, the week before, three receptions last week, the week before. It was way more than that. Um, I like Kate Auden. Okay. He, he's been, he's had like top 15 fantasy usage every single week. Cameron Brait has been, uh, out. He's going to be out tonight. Russell Gage is out. Julio Jones is a legit uh, game time decision. Didn't practice that much this week. So I think that Kate on while I have complained about the blocking from the, the Bucks tight ends, he has flashed a little bit in the receive game, which is actually kind of interesting because he's the exact opposite prospect on paper. So uh, tight ends in hell, but what's not in hell is the sicko chart. Uh, Cowboys in the tier by themselves. I mean, Michael Parsons might break the sack record. It's, like it's something. that's what that's what your chart is telling me against Chicago Bears, especially with I know Justin Fields can escape and everything, and he's done better at not taking sacks. But at the same yeah. time, it's a flip of a coin when he leaves the pocket if he's going to make a negative play or a positive play. Yeah, so it's kind of jumbled up. I don't like really love like I love the Eagles defense. But I'd like, be interested to see what it looks like if you just remove the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean <laughs> I don't think it works that way. No, um, all right, and one final thing: Hayden mentioned Kate Otten. Uh, you can get some sweat in Thursday night football. Thirty-three and a half higher or lower for his receiving yards or three receptions, right there. And you can also always go and look at what he's done in uh in previous weeks 
All right. If you've never played an underdog, one, go play Battle Royale. It's the best DFS game out there. Uh, it's a $5 entry. The person who won, what, $50,000 last week entered one draft, the only draft they had ever done, and they won it. Uh, Hayden, drop this in the in the chat, if you will. Yes, Link. I will. Um, you draft six players, and that's it. It's a six-person draft, and all you really need to do is stack maybe your quarterback with one other piece and get a little frisky with the last pick. Um, yep. Last week, the person drafted Joe Burrow in round five, and then already Jamar Chase and Teagans were off the board, so he said, you know what? I'm going to draft Tyler Boyd. Bing, bang, boom, $50,000 in your bank account. Not bad. It truly is the best DFS game out there. So go and play it. Use promo code the show and we'll match your first deposit up to $100. No optimizers. We're not yes. there yet. It's, it's just, not like 2v2s versus 3v3s or like, oh, it's all dependent on this chalk lineup. No, it's all different. Every single draft is wildly different. And we have them for, for single game slates today. So you can play one just for Thursday Night Football if you are into that stuff. Very, very fun game. Really is. Alfie, Rush, Zachary, Mr. TD, Ming Han. We always see you in here. And Jerry, thanks for being here. See you on Sunday morning. And most importantly, Scheme drops tomorrow with Josh McCown. A deep dive into the New York Giants offense. And we didn't even outline a single Saquon Barkley play. It goes that beautiful. Okay? So go and check it out. Up the villa. We talk to you all soon. See ya. Mm -hmm.